Hi, I'm Jan Goldstein. Welcome back to All That Matters. I'm sitting here today and I have images flying through my head because of some things I saw on the news, particularly a glimpse of the Lincoln Memorial and the Vietnam War Memorial nearby. And memorials are really important. It's important that we remember. And my mom used to always say that um, it was important to have touchstones in our lives. I shared uh, one of the stories on All That Matters was about my meeting Maria von Trapp when I was a little boy and my grandmother would take me up to Stowe and the Trapp family lodge and the family used to come out on the lawn back in those days and play music and I hadn't even seen Sound of Music yet and when I saw it I remember I, I mean I met Maria when I was like five years old but as a teenager I'd continue to go up and visit her and I remember seeing Sound of Music at one point and saying, you don't look like Julie Andrews. And she said to me, she does not look like me. I am the original. She had this thick accent. And um, she was right. She was the original. And there's something to that. Um, I don't know about you. Sometimes I feel like I'm copying others and... Then there are times when I feel completely authentic because I know I'm in touch with my own heart, my own uh, process. And uh, talking about memorials again, they are kinds of touchstones. They're the kinds of places we go. Um, and there are all kinds of memorials, of course. There are big ones like in Washington, D.C. But we have our own memorials, I think places we might have visited with a grandparent or a parent or a sibling or a child, a lover, a mentor, a friend. Uh, For me, one of those places, and I'm not sure I call it so much a memorial as a touchstone, is the Birch Tree Grove uh, in Stowe, Vermont, where I used to go with Maria and where I later uh, would marry my wife, Bonnie. And uh, we stood there under those birch trees. But there's been many a time I've gone back there. But one of the times back when I was teaching, uh, I took a group of students to Washington, D.C. to visit Congress and our senators and representatives, and to see some of the incredible places in Washington, D.C. And this one time, we went to uh, the Lincoln Memorial, and I remember we were there, and there are many school groups visiting at that time, and of course, this is way before any kind of pandemic, and people could gather around closer, and I'm sure we will be able to again, and I sit with that daily, and I don't know about you. You see something in a movie on television or a a TV show or a picture or something, you go, when will we get to do that again? Uh, I'm doing that all the time of late. But um, 
we were standing on Lincoln Memorial and I look at that and I turn around at the top step and I look across over to the Vietnam War Memorial and I begin to speak to my small group of students and something particularly visceral grabs hold of me and I'm reminded as I'm standing there on the steps of this Lincoln Memorial looking at the Vietnam War Memorial off to my left that what a powerful time of my life that was involved with protests and just coming of age and friends going off to war and others remaining in this country and I'm sure many people who are old enough can remember that time. Others, I suppose you read about it or hear stories from your family. But I remember looking out and seeing some soldiers off in the distance who just happened to be in the area and they were in uniform. And I said, I want to tell you because this is a place of justice and I was reminded of as a little boy watching on television as Martin Luther King Jr. spoke there. And, of course, recently I'm reminded of it uh, when we see uh, the passing of John Lewis and the fact that he was a young man who spoke there. And the sense of a, a, a fight for justice that reverberated in their words that day and in the gathering, huge gathering there. And my mother and father were so... Um, involved in that way of, of making sure we all understood what was at stake and that people were equal no matter what kinds of stories or um, words we were hearing. And you would hear things on the news and you would see things back in those days um, of people fighting for justice and people being thrown out, people being attacked by dogs, all kinds of things. And I just shook that day speaking to the students and I just said, you know, it was so unfair. It was so unfair back when this, when this world was taking place with a Vietnam War and those of us who were coming of age would watch on television as they would have ping pong balls that they would put in. Get this. They would pop ping pong balls with your the number of and and your month and your the number of the day you were born and so you would pull out of this little basket that they would um uh, shake up on on television would pull out april 9th and if that was your birth date then you were called up you were given a number and usually roughly the first hundred to 125 of the 365 days of the year would be called up to service. So I am telling you, people in their senior years in high school were holding on for dear life watching that in between the news that would come on every night about how many died in Vietnam that day, how many body bags there were, and so forth. And I'm sitting with my father and my mother in the living room, and they call up my number, and they call up March, and they call up 12. And I freeze. 
because I'm number 25 and I'm going to Vietnam. And I'll never forget shaking. I'll never forget. I choke up a little right now, remembering my mother's tears and my father silently crying. And as life turned out, and I'll go into this in another podcast, they're for various reasons and nothing to do with cheating or in any way, shape, or form, but due to honest um, um, deferments that I received um, that were allowed at the time, including higher education. If you were going to college, you got a deferment. Then you would go after four years, but if you were going to grad school, you'd get another deferment. And defend, de, de, um, depending on what you did go into, uh, you might get yet another deferment. And what I said on the steps that day in Washington was, it's so unfair that I, as a young, white, highly educated man, received a series of deferments. And thank God, I will tell you, they probably saved my life. But it was so unfair when so many people of color were being called up. And because maybe they didn't have somebody who had led them or pushed them, as my parents had, uh, depending on their particular economic situation or whatever, into higher education, or they couldn't afford it, or uh, for whatever reason, there were enormous numbers of people of color who were being called up uh, quite at a higher ratio than their numbers uh, in the United States. And I just shook with that. And I, 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 I was overwhelmed. And I spoke about it. And I began to raise my voice. And I noticed after a few minutes that more and more students were gathered. And these weren't my students. And yet I kept talking. I couldn't shut up. And I talked about the injustice of that moment. And that if anything was the aftermath of that war, that we had to look at issues of justice, issues that have been certainly brought up in the past number of months, both here in our country in the United States and around the world, um, and I was overwhelmed, and at some point, I just cut off, and I started walking down the steps, and everybody followed me, and I walked over to the Vietnam War Memorial, and I stood there, and I found the name of someone I had known in high school, someone who had actually beaten me up at one point, and later came and apologized um, sometime later. And told me he was going off to war and that he was sorry for the way he behaved. He was an outstanding athlete. And he was killed in the Vietnam War. And he was buried just on the other side of the school fence where he used to play football. And I visited his plaque, on the, his name on the Vietnam War Memorial, and I began to cry. Suddenly... And all these students were gathered around. Suddenly, I heard somebody shout out, Hey, you! And I turned, because it was so distinctive. It was so bold and loud. And suddenly, I noticed far, far in the distance, a large figure 
And he was calling him, yeah, you, the one who was speaking at the memorial. And all the students sort of parted the way, looked back at me, wondering what I was going to do. And I have to tell you, this figure slowly began making his way towards me. And it was a large African-American man, towering. And my first instinct, I have to tell you at that moment, probably from being a kid and having my own brother uh, who was a football player, you know, if I acted a certain way, he'd come after me and, you know, might have been to run. But I thought something kept me there. I was just literally glued to my spot and I stood my ground. I said, whatever's coming, I have to take whatever's coming. And he got closer and closer. Yeah, I'm talking to you. And the kids kind of looked fearful, but looked up at me. At least I read it as fearful. Um, at least the students, particularly students who knew me, um, were looking out for me. And they parted their ways and let this guy come come through them like a sea parting. And I'm standing right in front of the Vietnam War Memorial and this large African-American man, I mean, he towered over me at least a foot. And he looked down, he, he reached me. I looked up into his face. He looked it up into my eyes. And to me, he began to open his arms and he was like this beautiful black angel. That's all I could feel. And suddenly I felt something inside of me like, no matter what else I may be feeling, I'm supposed to be right here at this moment. And suddenly he wraps me in his arms like giant wings. And he, I feel his lips at my ear, his, his mouth at my ear. And he whispers, you spoke the truth, man. Thank you for speaking the truth. And the two of us wept. He needed to hear me say that had been unjust. And he had lived through that age. And he knew the injustices that took place. And I knew them. And they had to be spoken. And we held on to one another. I will tell you, there was a forgiveness in that moment. There was a reverberation of authenticity about each of our lives there was a coming together as i've rarely known in my life and it was a blessing so memorials can bring out the best they're touchstones to our souls whenever you get a chance to visit someplace be it a physical memorial, be it a place in your mind, remembering, coming to terms with that memory, finding forgiveness for the world, for your community, for yourself. You will Find your soul ringing with authenticity and you will claim a blessing. Until next time, I'm Jan Goldstein. This is all that matters.